are living your story right now in this moment. You know, no two stories are alike. We are all unique. We all have a different lens through which we see the world. We all have something to contribute, to share, to be. That uniqueness takes courage. It's not easy to stand in your truth. It's not easy to let yourself be vulnerable, to be really seen, to be really heard. So many of us hide. So many of us stay hidden. So many of us make the choice to step forward, to own who we are, to own our stories, to share our voice. The tide is turning. We're moving into a space of deeper vulnerability, courage, authenticity, and love. We're moving closer to greater self-love, self-acceptance, honesty, and empowerment. To get there, to get to that space, means we have to authentically share who we are. It means we have to authentically show up as our true selves. The magic is in sharing who you are. The magic is in sharing your story. That's where this series comes in. Own your voice. Love yourself. Stay true to your story. Dive deep into your vulnerability. Shine in your authenticity. Once you do, there's no stopping you. Stay honest. Stay brave. Stay true to who you are. Welcome to Seek the Joy Podcast, the power of storytelling. On the morning of May 13th, 2007, I was, as usual, running late. I'm always late. It's kind of a chronic thing. So I was rushing and brushing my teeth, packing my makeup, making sure the garbage was out because I had to catch the train home for Mother's Day weekend. I quickly glanced at my email one last time. I didn't have a fancy smartphone at the time, and I'm one of those checker-type people. And my mom had sent me a one-liner saying how excited she was to see me and how she wanted to know what I thought about the new drapes she put up in the living room. And she also wanted to show me her new business cards for her side biz. (laughs) Yes, yes, that was one line. Punctuation, not her forte. (laughs) And I didn't respond. I was going to see her in a few hours anyway. And I did. I did see her a few hours later, but she wasn't with us anymore. My mom passed away without pain, without really any knowledge of her fate, on Mother's Day 2007. Needless to say, it's an event that has shaped these past 12 years in every way possible for me. Mom and I were really close. Like, pretty much talk every day close. As an only child of a woman who wasn't supposed to be able to have children in the first place, I was her, quote, proudest achievement which came with its pluses and minuses. I had an incredibly supportive, loving mother who would stop at nothing to make sure I was set up for success. 
but I also had a mother who relied on that success to boost her own self-esteem and add value to her perceived worth. We were very attached and in some ways it was unhealthy. I discovered in these 12 years that the hole I felt when she died, that emptiness, the dark place, (laughs) was actually in a way an identity crisis because we were completely enmeshed. We lived for each other. I felt completely lost without her. Wait a second. This podcast is called Seek the Joy. Oh, sorry, guys. I don't want to be a Debbie Downer here. I just need to give some context. So, hey, (laughs) one essential part of my seeking joy in these recent years has been therapy. Yay! Oh, thank goodness for my therapist. I can honestly say that I know more about myself now than I ever would have if mom hadn't died and I didn't sit my ass down on that couch for so many years. While I was in therapy, I quit my fancy job that I didn't want to admit that I hated and I went to graduate school for something I always loved but never thought I had a chance in. And it was scary, especially without mom. That's a lot of change. I I mean, the the path of self-discovery and acceptance certainly isn't an easy one, right? I had to let go of a lot of fantasies about my career, a lot of mom's old expectations and needs in order to be true to myself, but I'm so glad I did. I remember feeling 100% more grounded during my first graduate school internship than I ever did in my previous career path. So discovering my true authentic self not the pressures or frameworks I had been living under for so long, brought me joy almost immediately. I felt like I was breathing deeper and I didn't even know I had been stifled. And now, almost 10 years after graduating with my master's degree and a winding road of a career, I have landed as an entrepreneur, a a boss babe, if you will. (laughs) doing something I never dreamed of doing my entire life, but also knowing that it is so me. My business is called Copper and Rise, and it's a mashup of executive coaching and fashion styling. I help people get unstuck and move forward with their life goals just by changing what they wear every day. Cool, right? Yes. (laughs) I love it because I get to facilitate positive change and self-discovery. It brings me so much joy to do that for people so that they can feel what I have felt over these last 12 years. And what's amazing is that this business has actually brought me full circle with my mom. I am able to embody her spirit with what I do for a living now. So side note, in her retirement, my mom started doing interior design as a side hustle. Hence the drapes that she wanted me to see when I got home. They were really nice, by the way. The fact is she, she was always designing interiors. She just did it for free with her friends. And that's exactly how I got started with my path towards Copper and Rise. I was helping friends organize their closets and shop with them 
and I was doing it for free and I thought, I, I think I should get paid for this. <laughs> you know, it, it actually brings me a lot of joy to even say aloud that I'm like her that I have many of her values and that we had somewhat similar paths. People say that I remind them of her, which is such a compliment. She had such a generosity of spirit and a zest for adventure. I, I will admit that it took quite some time for the sadness to flip and I felt joy with remembrance, but Now that I've put the puzzle pieces together in my authentic light, I know that I'm doing the right thing. And I know she's up there rooting for me too. I love you, Mom. Thanks for all the gifts you gave me. What I've learned from sharing my story is that separation allows a bigger wingspan in order to fly. As much as I loved my mom, And as much as I needed her growing up, in my more adult years, she wasn't able to let me go as much as I needed in order to really discover myself. Our separation, albeit (laughs) abrupt and extreme, and I don't wish that on anyone, was what I eventually needed in order to fly solo. My biggest dream is that I want to host a TV show. Like, um, like an Oprah type of show, not a Maury Povich, Jerry Springer type of show. Uh, I, I want to be able to genuinely inspire, empower, and help facilitate authentic change at scale. I love connecting with people and hearing about their passions hence interviewing guests. I love entertaining people. And I also know that I feel the most at home when I'm on stage being my most authentic self in front of the public. I know that might sound a little strange because it is nerve wracking sometimes. I definitely have some nerves. But when I'm in a performance groove, like the flow of performance, I feel truly alive. So yeah, (laughs) a TV show. Uh, Perhaps I'll just start being a podcast guest though. So thanks, Sydney. My name is Jeff Kuhn, and here's a summary of my new book, Blue Sky Lightning, How to Survive and Thrive When Life Blindsides You. It's a story about hope, perseverance, persistence, and resilience. My burn injury story, which will read like fiction, happened about 25 years ago. I had graduated from Dartmouth College, earned my MBA from Northwestern University's Kellogg School of Management, and was working for a top commercial real estate developer. Then this. About 30 years ago, I was severely burned over 80% of my body, and my emergency room doctors in Dallas at the University of Texas Southwestern Medical Center told my family I had no chance of surviving. But thanks to the hard work of two of the most gifted burn doctors in the world and an incredible desire to survive, which we all possess, 
I started to turn the corner after a few days in the intensive care unit. I must not forget to thank the brave men and women of the Dallas Fire Department who stabilized me and brought me to Parkland Hospital, which fortunately has one of the best burn units in the world. Fast forward two years and 18 major surgeries later, I was back on my feet and stronger than ever. My first wife had left for greener pastures, although she did leave me a check for $300 before she deserted me. But I still had my loyal and faithful yellow Labrador retriever, Sparky. Sparky was with me through the 24 months of very painful and rigorous physical therapy, and she will always hold an extremely special place in my heart. She lived for 15 and a half years. I was perfectly healthy for the next year and a half, but then lightning struck again. I came down with some sort of neuromuscular disease, which caused more pain than the burn injuries. Doctors were baffled because they all said they had never seen anything like it. Once again, I was told I was going to die because my nervous and muscular systems were self-destructing simultaneously. On the inside, I was saying, you've got to be kidding me, not again. The pain was, is truly impossible to describe, but I kept fighting as long as I could. The head of the Texas Neurological Society told me he thought my illness was some sort of new disease, and no one has ever been able to put a name on it. It very well could have been a complication from my extensive burn injuries and numerous surgeries, but no one knows for sure. We'll fast forward again two years, and by then, the illness had finally left my system. These two near-death experiences took more than four years of my life from me and wiped me out financially, but I'm much stronger mentally and physically as a result of living through these ordeals. I met many amazing medical professionals and patients along the way, including the amazing Dr. Rod J. Rorick, who wrote the foreword for my book, and there's so much more to my story than the details I provided here. Two years in the burn in a burn compression suit, going bankrupt, standing in unemployment lines. These stories are left to wait for another day. I'm definitely not Marshall Goldsmith, but I do have a story that is unique and hopefully inspiring to others. No matter what difficulty you're facing or will face, you do have the power inside you to persevere and make it to the other side of a serious setback. The main takeaway from my story is that any major comeback in life may require a significant amount of time to accomplish, as well as a laser-like focus on your ultimate goal. Following my burn injury, I had to go to physical therapy at the hospital every day for a year, and then it took another year of self-guided workouts to totally recover and regain the full use of both of my arms. I also had 11 surgeries during this period, and each surgery required a seven-day stay in the hospital, and I wasn't allowed to leave my bed while hospitalized. You must fight through the pain and push back against any thoughts of quitting, because anything less than 100% success is not acceptable. It's not easy to carry this positive attitude day after day, but you will never experience a greater feeling of joy than the moment you realize you finally reached the finish line. I now enjoy tremendous health and the world's greatest son, so the long journey was well worth it. Life is good. I intended on writing about these events many years ago, but I decided to wait for the right time. First, though, I had to answer the obvious question, why did I survive? Why was my life spared? 
I'm a religious person, so help from above was certainly a possibility, but there were many individuals I met in the burn unit who seemed more worthy of a miracle than me. Was I destined to do something incredibly special that would help make the world a better place? Well, that hasn't happened yet, so I hope my story will give at least one person the strength to persevere through their unique hardship. The key to my story happened one day during my initial two-month stay in the intensive care unit. I was about one week away from being discharged when both of my burn doctors arrived in my room. They stood at the end of my bed, and it seemed like they had some sort of bad news to deliver. I was right. They were usually very jovial, but today their mood was quite somber. They told me I had somewhere between a 7 and 10% chance of ever being able to lift my arms more than a few degrees past the sides of my body, roughly maybe 4 or 5 inches. I had already undergone five surgeries, and I thought I was safely on my way to a full recovery, so this news came out of the blue and was a complete shock. I had trouble moving in my bed, but I leaned forward as far as I could, and I told them, this isn't acceptable. I began to explain why I was angry when both doctors started to smile. I didn't understand, so I asked them why their demeanor suddenly changed. They then told me their visit with bad news, which was all true, was a test to see how I would react to what would certainly be viewed by me as a catastrophic prognosis. They had to deliver unpleasant information like this to burn patients every day, so they knew what the typical response would be. They told me over 90% of patients would begin to cry and give up. They wanted to see if I had the fight in me, which would be necessary to endure 11 more surgeries and many additional months of rigorous physical therapy and workouts. I told them I was ready for the surgeries and all the hard work, and I promised to return in a year and dunk a basketball for them to see. They laughed and said that's all they needed to hear. I never did go back to visit them, and I can't even dunk, even though I'm six feet, four inches tall, but I did regain the full use of both of my arms a few centimeters each day. I'm not Superman, But I did, and still do, have an incredibly strong desire to survive. I also have a very good sense of humor, which which was extremely helpful during some of the bleakest periods. Like anything in life, there's no perfect right time. If you want to accomplish something, do it now. And do it better than anyone else has ever done it. Make sure and fight the good fight. Two questions I often get asked about my book are... What have you learned about yourself from sharing your story? Well, sharing my story in a book form has helped many people successfully make it through their own battles. I don't want anyone to quit when life gets difficult. You can win even if the odds are stacked against you. Never give up. The fight is worth it. I've learned my story can truly help others, which is incredibly rewarding. The second question, what is your biggest dream? Well, I hope my book will lead to a successful motivational speaking career so I can help many more people who are suffering. As I said, I have now written a book about my journey called Blue Sky Lightning, How to Survive and Thrive When Life Blindsides You. It's available on Amazon Books via my website, which is blueskybolt.com. It's all one word. B-L-U-E-S-K-Y-B-O-L-T dot com, blueskybolt.com.
And I want to wish all the very best to my fellow burn victims and burn survivors because I think of you every day. And I hope my book will bring help to all those who are facing adversity. And thank you for including me as a part of the Power of Storytelling series for the Seek the Joy podcast. I am Ashley Perkins. I am a master life and success coach for millennial women who are ready to activate their higher self and consciously create their life and business through a unique blend of neuro-linguistic programming or NLP and intuitive strategy. Basically, I'm here to help you banish the limiting beliefs keeping you stuck in your life and your business so you can lean into your highest self with confidence and show up like the CEO you are so your desires become your reality, not something you save for some day. I became a life and success coach through my long journey of being stuck playing small. I deeply empathize with you when you say your dreams feel completely out of reach because a few years ago, I was stuck in the same place. I woke up every day knowing that I was made for more, yet I felt so unconfident and I lacked so much belief in myself. And I truly believed that I wasn't good enough and I wasn't smart enough to succeed as a coach and an entrepreneur helping others. And I constantly felt stressed because I was just hustling all day, every day towards my goals and my dreams that felt like they would really never manifest. And ultimately, I ended up continuously repeating a pattern of hustling and hustling and hustling. And I kept thinking, you know, as soon as I hit that goal, whatever that goal was, then I'll finally be able to slow down and take a break. Then I would be able to work on new projects. I'd be able to take a vacation and I'd have free time to do other things I love like yoga, going to concerts and just spending time with the people that I love because I honestly wasn't seeing very much of them. But my point is then I had hustled so much and so hard to achieve all of the goals, all of those boxes on my to-do list, on my list of desired accomplishments that When I finally did, I had created so much extra work for myself that there was no way I could slow down or take a break. And the real turning point in my story was, well, I was out for brunch with my boyfriend one day and I fainted in the middle of our meal because of severe adrenal fatigue. And it wasn't really until I was sitting in the hospital completely depleted of all energy, feeling so ashamed that I allowed myself to get there and stressed again because my business needed me to run. I hadn't created a scalable or sustainable business in any way, shape or form. And that panic automatically set in that if I wasn't there to helm the ship, the ship would sink. And it was in that moment that I deeply realized how much I was craving freedom in my life and a business that would allow my creativity, my unique gifts, my desire to help others to flow freely without having to hustle 24-7. 
So I obviously knew I, I needed to make a change. And that was when I stumbled upon neuro-linguistic programming or NLP, which in a nutshell is the user's manual to your subconscious mind. Because deep down, I intuitively knew that the reason I was hustling so much was because I was overcompensating for the lack of belief I had in myself. I was carrying so much negative energy around with me everywhere I went into every avenue of my life and every avenue of my business that it was keeping me stuck at this plateau in this rut, almost like I was at the precipice of a glass ceiling where I could see what was on the other side, but had no idea how to break through it and get there. And so, like I said, that led me to a lot of research and I found neuro-linguistic programming and I immediately became obsessed because of the power that it holds and all of the techniques under the umbrella of neuro-linguistic programming have to impact permanent, long-lasting and instant change on an identity level. So you're able to shift those negative beliefs and eliminate negative emotions that are holding you back and keeping you stuck within a matter of minutes. And it goes so far beyond affirmations and positive thinking, which really made all the difference for me because I learned so much in my journey that you can think positively all you want. You can stick all of the positive affirmations to your desk on your mirror in the morning. But if you don't truly believe it, then nothing's going to change. And you can't create a new reality for yourself with the same mind, the same thinking, the same beliefs and actions that you've created the problems with. And so... I became certified as a master neurolinguistic programming practitioner and life and success coach because I knew I needed to make these changes in my life, but I quickly realized that I was attracting clients that needed to make the same changes in their life as well. Because as I'm sure you've realized at some point or another in your personal or professional journey that you can have all of the strategy, all of the how-tos, you can take all of the courses, read all of the books, listen to all of the podcasts. But when it comes down to it, if you don't believe that it's possible, if you have some kind of negative hangup or fear, if you've had a traumatic experience that imprinted deep into your subconscious mind without you even being consciously aware of it, that's now holding you back in your adult life, then nothing's going to change. And you're not going to break through that threshold into the life and the business that you really want to create. And so now I've been able to create a business that allows me to create consistent income, scalable income, which means I have both time and financial freedom. And I'm working with clients who are so soulfully aligned and they're doing the same thing all because of the power of NLP. And I've also been able to do some amazing things, you know, check off those boxes on my to-do list and my bucket list that I wanted to do, but in a way that feels really, really fulfilling and not overwhelming in the slightest. I've been able to travel to exotic destinations such as Vietnam. I spent two weeks there for my birthday this year and completely stepped away from my business. And the most amazing thing ever about that was it ran without me. 
that was the most incredible thing. And now it's just my sole mission to empower as many women possible to create that kind of life for themselves. Because if you can imagine it, if you can conceive it in your mind, then you can create it in your life. And if you desire it, it's desiring you too. And my role in your story truly in its essence is to ignite that within you and hold you through those high and low waves of becoming your best self in life and business. So what I've really learned throughout my journey as an entrepreneur and just as a woman in general, as I share my story more and more and lean further into vulnerability when it comes to sharing my story so transparently, especially in an online space that is so vast and holds so much space for so many people, is that vulnerability is really our superpower. Our ability and our willingness to lean into our shadows and the things that have shaped us that no longer serve us and share them with others in service is truly a superpower. And vulnerability has really not always been my forte. I am a type three on the Enneagram, a total achiever. And so any kind of softer side of myself and part of me that requires me to lean into vulnerability and admit when things are hard and commit to doing the work and walking my talk and sharing that publicly with the people I love, with my clients and in the online space is that people need to hear this. That's really what I've learned is that the more I share, the more I realize that we're not alone. And really to bring that full circle is that we're not meant to do this alone. And if there's one thing I've learned about my story, it's that. And so if I were to give you a nugget of wisdom that's come from sharing my story and all of the highs and lows that I've experienced and you know, all of the highs and lows I'm sure I've yet to experience is that we are never alone and you will feel such a sense of relief and such a sense of inclusivity. And you'll also receive a lot more clarity when you just speak up and share a truth about yourself, share part of yourself with someone and lean into that vulnerability candidly because someone else needs to hear it. And you're doing yourself a disservice and others a disservice by keeping it inside of you. If I were to tell you my biggest dream, well, I am going to tell you my biggest dream. And this is, again, me leaning into vulnerability because it's a mission of mine uh, that I am so fueled by every single day. And it is truly to empower as many women possible to step out of the boxes that society, our generations past, our culture, our religion, the people in our life, the media have put us into and truly become the woman that they're meant to be. Because so often the woman that we are raised to be is not the woman that we're meant to be. And it takes a lot of courage to admit that. And it takes a lot of strength to lean into that. And I believe that it's my sole mission and my sole purpose to help as many women possible do that, to break free from those chains and the limiting beliefs and the negative programming that have kept us small so we can all empower each other one by one to raise our global vibration because this world of all the things it needs is more conscious, awake, empowered women. 
And we need women to reach back and bring up as many as we can into this elevated space of higher awareness, of emotional freedom, of true clarity and confidence. Because when one woman rises, it makes space for other women to do the same. And I truly believe, as I said, that it's my mission to do that. And that to me is my biggest dream. Thank you so much again for including me in this series. It has been an absolute honor and a pleasure to hold this space and to share a piece of me with each of you today. And if you'd like to learn more about me and what I do and how I can support you, please check the show notes for more details. This is Seek the Joy podcast, the power of storytelling. Join us, share your story. For more information and to get involved, visit SeekTheJoyPodcast.com. This series airs the third week of every month, and make sure to join us for Seek the Joy Tuesday. Until then, thank you for your honesty. Thank you for your bravery. Thank you for your joy. Thank you for being here, and thank you for listening.